Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team here at Tech Advisor. I am your host, Dom, and I'm joined this week by Lewis and Chris. Hey. Hello. It's been a busy week, and it looks like we're going to have a lot of busy weeks for a while now. It's been quiet for a little bit. There was this sort of very intense early spring period in the phone industry, and then late March, most of April been pretty chill yes we've had some quiet episodes we've had sort of weeks where we're scrounging together <laughs> a little bit to get topics and make everything work and then then this week happened and i can say we had too many things to talk about there are more phones have launched this week than we could cover this week and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down very much um so yeah let's get straight to it yes we are going to be talking about today the launch of the Vivo X80 and X80 Pro, which were unveiled in China on Monday. Then we're going to talk about the Huawei Mate XS2, which was unveiled just today, just a couple of hours ago. Uh, and then we're going to round things off with the Poco F4 GT, uh, which was unveiled a couple of days ago, but actually went on sale today, at least in some countries. So those are the three things we're going to be talking about in depth. Now I'm going to run through our news bit, which is actually longer than normal because there are lots of things <laughs> to talk about <laughs> more in. than we, we would have been able to do properly. So the big topic this week that we're not talking about in depth is the public beta launching for Android 13. So Android 13 beta 1 is now live. If you have a Pixel phone from the Pixel 4 onwards, you can go and install that for yourself. Um, the reason we are not talking about it in depth today is because we don't have a full team at the moment. Not everyone's been able to get hold of it. So Chris and myself have both managed to get Android 13 installed, but only as of this morning, basically. So haven't spent enough time to have real opinions on it. And to be honest, if you have a look, there's not that much different in public beta 1 from what was in the uh, the dev builds up until recently. So they haven't changed too much. So I think we'll probably revisit Android 13 when Google I.O. hits in a couple of weeks. Because I suspect at that point, Google will talk more about the features they're going to put into future beta builds. So maybe we'll do a big Android 13 discussion then, uh, by which point we'll have had a couple of weeks of actually being able to play around with it and might have some more in-depth opinions. But if you have a recent-ish Pixel phone and you want to try it out, you can go and install the beta. We have a guide on the site, but it's very simple. Uh, it's just the Pixels for now. Last year, we did see other manufacturers um, provide the Android 12 beta, but it takes a bit longer because they've got to build their own version. So I wouldn't expect that for another few weeks or months. Okay. We also have news of proper, proper flagship launches coming up. Uh, Sony has teased the launch of the next Xperia 1 device, what we're expecting to be called the Xperia 1 Mark IV. Uh, they have announced that that is going to be unveiled on May 11th, the same day as Google I.O., oh. which is when we're half expecting to see the Pixel 6a. Why? So that's going to be a busy one. Oh. Uh, we don't know how many phones Sony's unveiling. So obviously it's got the Xperia 1. Uh, it also has the Xperia 5 and the Xperia 10. All it's teased is the one. It's got this sort of teaser out, next one is coming. So maybe we're just getting the top tier flagship on May 11th. Um, maybe we're getting all three. There's actually been some rumors that one model in the series has been cancelled, so there may not be three anymore. Either the five or the ten might have been killed off, but we don't know. But we'll find out in May. Um, okay, over to Lewis, because we've had another launch this week. This is one of the ones that, up until this morning, was on the list to be a main topic, and I'm really sorry, Motorola, but you did get bumped. 
the Motorola Edge 30 yes. uh, launched this week. Lewis, why don't you give us the, the 10 second summary of that one? Uh, 10 second summary, all right. It's uh, still very much a mid range phone as with Motorola, but they've done some work on the cameras. Uh, obviously, I haven't had hands on time, so I don't know how much improvement there is, but they are particularly proud of the cameras in this uh, phone. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that people want to hear about is the fact that it's very thin. 6.79 millimeters, which makes it the thinnest 5G phone to date by 0.01 millimeters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they really had a target there when Ooh. they decided what they were. They, they what knew they, they wanted to be thinnest. You know, they okay. had the calipers out going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit more, just squeezed it, dented it in slightly with the calipers. Yeah. Like, just yep, crushed it. Just put it in a vice and it would be fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's coming to the UK uh, and Europe uh, in early May. Uh, not in the US though, because they've got the Pro model, which is slightly better with a faster processor. Because um, the nope. uh, standard uh, Edge 30 has a 795. It's, it's fairly old. Okay. Yeah. A Snapdragon 8, sorry. Um, cool. And what else? OnePlus. Yet more OnePlus stuff. Um, today they finally launched the 10R in India and the Nord CE2 Lite. We're not going to talk about those in depth because we've spoken about the 10R before. The 10R is the Ace, which is the Realme GT Neo 3. It's the same phone all over again. The, uh, the only thing of note there, uh, yeah. The only thing of note is where is the Ace launched at just one charging speed? The OnePlus 10R is doing the same thing as the Realme in that it's launching with both 80 watt and 150 watt variants. You get a slightly smaller battery if you go for the faster charging. Um, and that one is tied to the top RAM and storage spec. So you kind of got to consciously go high spec to get that top top charging speed, but is there an option? There's also the Nord CE2 Lite. That is not super exciting, but it's a nice budget option. Looks fairly well-rounded for what it is. Um, okay, Apple has finally launched that self-repair scheme they talked about last well, year, uh, US only. But if you are in the US and you break your iPhone, you do now have the option of buying directly from Apple compatible official Apple parts with instructions for how to install them. Um, if you go to the website, it really won't <laughs> feel like this is official from Apple. Uh, it's a very janky kind of off-the-shelf website that's been set up nothing about it looks like it's from apple i'm not even sure apple is even kind of listed you know when you go to the contact us page it doesn't even mention an apple as being involved nothing about it screams this is official but it is um but yeah it is an option clearly apple do not really want you to do this um they they go to great lengths to make it clear that you should only be buying these parts and installing them if you really know what you're doing but the option is there now if you're in the states we may see this spread uh to other countries we'll have to wait and see and finally, very late addition to the show today, Nothing has unveiled the Nothing launcher, which is the first tease we have of Nothing OS. Uh, back when they announced they were going to be doing a phone, they did tell us this would happen. So basically what it means is this is a new Android launcher that looks a bit like what the Nothing OS uh, operating system will look like when that, when that comes out with the phone in the summer. You can get it for free. It's on Google Play. Um, it only works with specific phones. I think there's a couple Pixels, a couple Samsungs, and they say OnePlus soon, but not yet. I feel like that was intentional. So, I feel like it fully works with yes. OnePlus, and they're just like, we're going to make you wait a little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit of a snub. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have a compatible phone, you can go and install that. This really broke about half an hour ago, so we haven't even had the time to go and, and have a play and, and get this set up. But I'm looking forward to giving it, uh, giving it a go. It doesn't look like there's anything 
too radical. This is not some total reinvention of the Android experience. But if you want things like a nothing OS themed weather widget, you know, wow. now you can. What am I? Why am I still here? Why am I on the game changing stuff? <laughs> you just uh, and I should say for those who are cu- for those who are curious about this, this is not like some arduous process to install. It's on the Google Play Store. You then dive into settings to turn it on, turn it back off if you don't like it. So you don't have to do anything crazy to your phone to try it out. It'll only take you a couple minutes if you are curious. Cool. Shall we get to it? Let's turn to the Vivo X80 series. Um, so these are the new Vivo flagships that have come just weeks after the last Vivo flagships. <laughs> uh, we had the X Fold and the X Note not very long ago, but now we have the X80. Um, these are obviously the follow-ups to the X70s. This isn't as crazy as it sounds because this line has basically been on a six-month refresh cycle uh, for the last little while. So um, not that shocking to see it so soon. Though, interestingly, I do wonder if that's now going to change because they've unveiled the X80 and the X80 Pro, but not the Pro Plus. Uh, And in fact, Vivo has said that the Pro Plus is going to arrive sometime in Q3, which is July to September. So if the X80 Pro Plus doesn't turn up till August or September, I can't really see the X90s (laughs) being unveiled in November, right? That feels unlikely. So I do wonder if this is them now shifting that to a less frequent cycle. Anyway, we've got two phones, the X80 and the X80 Pro. For now, China only, but we know an international launch is coming on May 8th. Uh, We don't know where. Malaysia, for sure, because it was Vivo Malaysia that announced this. Nice. Uh, But we don't know exactly what other countries are going to get it on May 8th. Vivo is very hit and miss with how they launch their phones internationally. Uh, so I don't really want to try and make any predictions. The X60s came to Europe. The X70s didn't. Uh, they did launch in India, though. I think India is probably a safe bet to get at least some of these, but we'll see. US definitely not. But yeah, we'll know more in a couple of weeks in, in May. Um, but yeah, so we have these two phones. They look very similar to the design language of the Fold and the Note from from a few weeks ago. Um, so that big circular camera module design is back. Um, and once again, it's kind of a big circle inside an even bigger rectangle. Yeah. Is this, this has got to be like the biggest <laughs> camera module like total I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it might. Be. I mean, I don't know whether to be the, the Vivo X70 Pro Plus had the same thing uh, of extending all the way across the back. So it's not first for Vivo to do that, though that had a didn't have the circular module. Um, there's obviously the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra had a pretty enormous camera as well, but that's um, like a screen. It is a big one on on the right. Yeah, that's yeah. one had a little display in, inside the this camera. This is like yeah. a third of the back, like taken yeah. Up yeah. by the square. <laughs> I have to admit, I don't like it. Yeah, very I'm much. not a fan. <laughs> we spoke about this when the X Note kind of dropped the same design, and I was a bit disappointed because I think Vivo, up until now, has done really nice looking phones. And this current wave of huge camera modules and, and circular camera modules is, is not working for me. Um, that is especially true of the Pro, which has this egregious design choice <laughs> that I hate, which is that it's got the same basic design as the X80, but the rectangular bit of the camera module is a bit bigger because the periscope lens that's only on the Pro sits 
outside of the circular camera, but inside the big rectangle. <laughs> so it's separate from all the other lenses, which are in this big circular module together. And it just sits kind of below them, That's still in this larger rectangular so, bit. So upsetting. It looks like a weird I sort begin of, to explain. It looks like a sort of weird growth that's just oh, sort that's of accidentally so popped up like, yeah. on the back of the phone. I'm putting it up on screen. It's such a clear, like, afterthought design thing where they designed the one and they were like, oh, crap, we can't fit the periscope in. And someone's just like, oh, just, just put it there. Put it underneath. Yeah. It's fine. Can they just shove it in the middle? It looks like there was enough space for it. Smack bang in the middle of all of them. You'd know. think, well, where, where the Zeiss yeah. logo is, yeah. maybe. I wondered you if could that was swap like a, out for the periscope. Yeah, because I wouldn't mind having like a laser or detection or something like whatever that is, whatever that might be outside of the yeah, that, main camera housing. Yeah, put the Zeiss yeah. and what, whatever that is, the IR, with with the flash outside then put the periscope inside so you've got four. Oh man yeah that feels like the obvious thing and i know periscopes are funny because they take a lot yeah. of space physically because yeah. of the periscope but that has to be a way they could have arranged it that that made it work i mean there are neater periscope um, offerings out there so you've got to imagine yes, there is <laughs> it's got to be doable yeah uh yeah this is really feels like the worst of all possible worlds in terms of camera design so um i'm sorry i'm normally a big champion of evo's design stuff but this is a bit ugly Whoops. That said, the phones <laughs> outside of that seem really good. Um, what's interesting is they both use the MediaTek Dimensity 9000, so that's MediaTek's flagship chip, which we still haven't seen that much uptake for, um, especially outside of China. I'm not sure anything's launched outside of China with it, um, uh. certainly not in Europe. But both of these use that, but the Pro also has a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 option. Um, so if you want the Pro, you do get the choice I would wager if we get a proper international launch, and by that I, I guess I kind of mean if we get it in Europe, I think we'll just see the Snapdragon version yeah. come out, at least on the Pro. Um, the, the the different variants seem very unlikely to leave China to me. But yeah, top spec uh, chipset, good uh, usual kind of RAM and storage stuff, nothing too exciting there. Um, they both have 6.78-inch OLED screens, 120 hertz, as you'd expect. FHD plus on the regular, QHD plus on the Pro, so you're getting that resolution jump. And I think the Pro is also LTPO too, so it's got that scaling um, refresh rate, which is a, another boost. Uh, Pro also gets IP68 waterproofing. Pro gets wireless charging, which you don't have on the regular one. Um, and the Pro also has um, the large ultrasonic fingerprint scanner that we were talking about that was in the X Note. Oh, okay. which is big enough that you can fit two, two fingerprints at once and you can have an extra secure kind of double Ooh. fingerprint unlock if you prefer. Uh, that's, again, only in the Pro. So this really adds to my feeling that I said at the time of the Note launch that the X Note looks a lot like it might have been the X80 Pro Plus. Yeah. <laughs> and then they changed the branding for some reason because the design is the same. It's got a lot of the features that are in the X80 Pro here and like the next step up. So I'd, I'd have to wonder, there's clearly some sort of internal shuffle there oh, yeah. in how they handled all that. But So do you use like both your thumbs at the same time? If you want to. I mean, obviously I haven't used one of these yeah. in person. I, I saw it in a concept device by Vivo a few years ago. It's a Qualcomm um, fingerprint scanner that basically no one seemed to be interested in because I think it's quite expensive. But um, it's a big enough scanning area that A, if you just want to use one fingerprint, um, you've just got more space to hit. Yeah. So you don't have to go for an exact spot to get get a scan. But if you want to, you can do, say, two thumbs simultaneously, and you can set it to require both prints simultaneously to unlock, which just adds another level of 
of security, of making it harder yeah. to fake, that sort of thing. If you're a bit paranoid, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to be pretty paranoid to really go for it for the security features. But, you know, I mean, I can't see using it because the inconvenience of always having to have both hands yeah, to unlock your it, phone. Yeah. Horrible. But I could imagine in enterprise settings, they might really appreciate being able to demand that of their staff or that yeah. sort of thing. If you're dealing with super, you know, confidential stuff on your phone, yeah. then yeah. So it's just kind of cool, if nothing else. But yeah, I like no. the idea. The bigger scanning area is is a real convenience if you don't want to go for the dual thing yeah. because just not having to think as much about where to aim yeah. aim your thumb when you want to unlock the phone is <laughs> nice. Um, batteries are big, 4,700 milliamp hour in the Pro. I think it's it's similar in the regular. Um, and fast charging, 66 watt wire charging. No, 80 watts, sorry. 80 oh, okay. watt wire charging, um, which is pretty nippy. Yeah. And 50 watt wireless in the Pro. Um, cameras are kind of the exciting thing. And they're actually kind of interesting because they're, they're similar cameras but some of the differences are interesting and, and even the regular model has interest to it so the regular x80 um is the debut of the sony imx 866 sensor which is a 50 megapixel ois sensor um and obviously the 766 kind of the predecessor is now in everything you know that's yeah. a really ubiquitous image sensor um so uh, this A66 is probably also going to end up being used a lot going forwards, and it'll be kind of flagship tier for now and eventually work its way down to the mid-range. But I would expect this to be very good. Um, and then it's joined by a two-time zoom camera, which is one of those Vivo staples, what they call a portrait camera. Um, and then you get an ultra-wide, and those are both 12 megapixel um, and a 32 megapixel selfie. The Pro also has a 50 megapixel main camera but it uses a different sensor this now uses the i think also brand new though i might be wrong uh samsung isocell gnv or gn5 sensor uh and what's interesting here is it's at an aperture of f 1.57 oh. which is not the widest aperture around but pretty close no, yeah, that's so that's a very very bright wide aperture which means the dynamic range on this should be excellent the low light photography should be excellent all that kind of stuff um you get the same two-time zoom camera as the regular model, but actually also with a slightly wider aperture. And then you get a um, slightly different, oh, sorry, a significantly different ultra-wide that gets to jump to a 48 megapixel ultra-wide. Oh, nice. Uh, and gets the gimbal stabilization. And then you also get that five times periscope that we talked about positioned unattractively below the rest of the camera. Um, but it should still be a pretty good periscope because Vivo's got good track record there. Uh, and the same selfie camera is on both phones, the same 32 megapixel punch hole. So, yeah, I mean, th these camera specs look very impressive. Um, and I suspect certainly the Pro is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> what I like is that um, <laughs> there actually seems to be a, a difference between the standard and the Pro model, like a real tangible difference, because I think all, you know, too recently, the Pro models and the non-Pro models aren't that different. And I think this one is, is, yeah, it kind of gives you more reason to actually go for the pro model. Every single, not only do you get the extra sensor in the periscope, but all of the other three yeah. sensors is better on yeah. the pro. You know, it, it's a different 50 megapixel main sensor. You're getting a better aperture on the portrait and you're getting a significantly better ultra wide. Yeah, the ultra wide is really So impressive. the whole camera experience is going to be improved on the it's pro. It's nice considering that perhaps not, it's completely comparable because of the price difference but 
some of the Xiaomi ranges where it's very confusing as to what you're getting because like yeah the Xiaomi yeah. like the Redmi Note 11 range for example like the S you get like a better screen <laughs> but they did the main camera's worse and then you go to the pro and then the camera's better but like you miss out yeah. on this and it's like oh, it's just it gets so confusing as to what yeah. you're you know w- which one do I get yeah, this one's much the, the, neater, isn't it? Because like, it's not even just the yeah. camera that's improved. It's the display, it's the charging, it's everything else yeah. with it. So you're not like it's just yeah. the good camera one. It's just the better phone. It is better in almost every spec. Pretty much the processor and the kind of RAM and storage are really the only core things. It's just, yeah, that's yeah. the same between them. Um, the, the, the caveat for all of this is that Vivo has changed its pricing model a bit. And this mm. is clearly, again, plays into this not having a Pro Plus variant around, or at least... Well, not yet, and they say it's coming later in the year, and I'm curious how it's all going to fit in once it arrives. Because the X80 has stayed about the same price as the X70, um, which converts to around 450 550 uh, sorry, £450, $550, basically. Um, it, as always, it, it would be much more than that if it actually came out. I wish it, it wasn't. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the Pro has had a price hike relative to the x70 pro and sits closer to what they were charging for the x70 pro plus funny that which kind of explains why this spec sheet looks a bit more like what we saw in the pro plus before so it's kind of now sitting in this spot halfway between what used to be their pro and pro plus line uh which means it is more expensive so the pro model is converts to 650 quid 850 dollars um so it's a $200, $200, £200 price jump. Actually, on dollars, it's almost a $300 jump. So it, it is a big, big step up yeah. from the regular to the pro. The differences between them make a lot more sense now. Because, yeah, if, like you yeah. say, if there was a third one and they've got rid of that middle one, that middle one would have been very similar to the Pro Plus, yes. just without maybe the periscope lens. But without that middle one, now they seem, yeah, like worlds and, apart. And I think that was kind of the problem with the X70 line was you looked at it and it was like, well, the 70 is great because it's pretty affordable for what you get. The Pro Plus is great because it's expensive, but wow, it's incredible. Yeah. And the Pro is in the middle, kind of like, yeah, this one's cool too, but like, <laughs> but you know. You're going to get one or the other. If you're trying to save money, you get the 70. It's still really good. If you are able to afford more and get something really exciting, then we'll get the Pro Plus because it's really exciting, <laughs> you know. And uh, no man, the Pro wasn't, yeah, whereas... A no man's land rather than a Goldilocks sort of sweet spot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it didn't feel like the sweet spot. It felt like just kind of like, well, there's nothing to sell you on this version of the phone mm-hmm. rather than either of the other two. Um, fascinated to see what the X80 Pro Plus is whenever that arrives, because I don't... Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to balance that with the rest of the lineup, how they're going to... You know, where they're going to find the space to make that a step up mm. from the Pro model here, because it's already... 120 hertz LTPO2 um, AMOLED uh, QHD plus. So the display can't get a lot better. It's got IP68. It's got fast wireless charging. I guess they could bump the wireless. 80 watt wire yeah. charging up a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they can find room to tweak the camera specs a bit further, but still, it's very high end on camera specs. So I think maybe they'll try not, and um, up a huge the, amount of leeway. Um, punch hole camera, maybe because 32 meg is fairly standard around that price i think so that that is one of the only things it's been this funny space because we all thought there were going to be three phones so the leaks were all a bit confused as to what was the pro and what was the pro plus and then now there is no pro plus it's kind of been like ah, oh, that explains why everyone was really confused in the spec leaks <laughs> uh but the only like thing we had heard 
that has not materialized in either of these spec sheets was that the Pro Plus might have a 44 megapixel selfie camera. Okay. So that's the only bit. I was sort of clearing out the rumors of that and being like, everything else so far seems to just refer to the Pro model. But this one, this one's different. Like someone said 44 megapixel selfie and we haven't seen that. So <laughs> it's there somewhere. It's the one bit I'm clinging to that I think that that's probably is what we're going to see in, in the Pro Plus. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm not I'm not sure what we'll, what we'll see them do. But yeah, I'm very excited for these. They are on their way to me, though, shipping from, from Hong Kong. So I do not know when they're going to arrive. I'm really excited to take the X80 Pro out and compare it to the X70 Pro Plus to see how it stacks up um, and break down as to kind of whether this is an upgrade on that Pro Plus model, because that might tell us where there's still room for them to go on this Pro Plus model, if there's any <laughs> still any areas where last year's Plus beats this year's Pro, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I've said before, I think Vivo's camera game is is absolutely the best around for me, at least. So really curious to see what how these how these hold up, especially with new sensors in there to play around with. I just uh, really like the orange one. It looks really nice. I love the. I actually really like the turquoise. I've got to say, yeah, I, I th- it might be a bit bold for me to actually use the turquoise, <laughs> but I like it. It's very cool. I, would, I, I didn't actually say they're also different finishes. So there's there's black, oh. orange, and turquoise, which they call green, but it's clearly turquoise. It's not um, green. The black. I know. The black is glass. The orange is vegan leather, and the turquoise is ceramic. Oh. So you get different builds oh, depending which one. And I, I like ceramic phones as well. So yeah. I'm you know, everything's lining up for me to be a fan of the turquoise. So <laughs> um inevitably that means the black one is the one being sent. Yep, so hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> but yeah, these look exciting. I'm very curious to try them out. Um we'll find out more about global launch plans in yeah, two weeks or so on May eighth. Um the other thing to say is they both ship with Android twelve on Vivo's Origin OS which is their China-only version, so it will be FunTouch OS in the West, probably, which is their not-quite-so-good OS for Western Terribly phones, named. But, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> yes, oh, it's still terribly named. Um, and the only, the only other thing I'd say is, I think, for any hopes for the Fold and the Note, I think the fact that we already have a worldwide launch planned for these ones, with no word of that for the X-Fold or the X-Note, I think yeah. probably tells you those are not getting a global release and will stay China only. Um, that's not been confirmed or anything, but this looks to me a bit like, you know, the, the way that timing's worked out kind of adds another nail to the coffin oh, of yeah. any plans for for a European launch of the foldable. I'm so jealous of China. They've got so many good folding phones that aren't available anywhere else. And I'm like, please just <laughs> share it with us, please. <laughs> I know. Well, that's as good a segue as I could have asked for to go on to our second topic. Uh, so thank you, Lewis. The Huawei Mate XS2 has launched in China today. And I was a bit unsure whether this was a... So we first had the Mate X, then the Mate XS, then the Mate X2, and now the XS2. I was very unsure when they teased this launch whether this would be a follow-up to the XS or an S version of the X2. Yeah. And today has made that very clear, which is nice. Um, this is a follow-up to the XS. And now it looks like Huawei is positioning itself to not only have book-style foldables and clamshell foldables, but to actually maintain two different designs of book-style foldable. Um, that is because the Mate XS2 
has that kind of outward <laughs> folding display yeah. that Huawei's first gen foldables used and not the inward fold book style that everyone else does and that the Mate X2 does. I would call it so wrap around. Like wrap around yeah. works as well. Yeah. yeah. So basically when you when you close it, the screen is on the outside rather than the inside. Uh, which looks hella cool. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, to be absolutely <laughs> clear, it's so cool. <clears throat> And we were lucky enough uh, two years ago to get some time with the the Mate XS, and it's, I think we saw the Mate X the year before that. Got to play around with it. It's amazing. It's great. It terrifies me oh, because yeah. even closed, you drop that. You, the screen is screwed. It is so vulnerable. It's like there's just, one but, side that's just totally all screen, and you know that's the side it will land on as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not even just dropping it. Like, what do I do with it without holding it? I don't want to put it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In your pockets, any any bit Anywhere. of dust or anything in your Does pockets is going to grind kind of, it up. I would have to buy some sort of, you know, pouch to put it in or something. <laughs> they do sell cases, okay. obviously. But anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah. Um, got that 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 kind of, I almost said old-fashioned design, which is mad for <laughs> futuristic folding tech. But yeah, yeah it's got the design, design. where we initially used and that we thought they were moving away from when they released the May X2. And now it's clear that they're planning to keep both lines going for a bit. But the other thing that makes this one really interesting is the price. Because this is a little over half the price of the first Mate XS. Uh, and about the same, you know, about half the price of the Mate X2. It is the same price as Xiaomi's Mi Mix Fold. It's only a little bit more than the Oppo and the Vivo foldables, and it's cheaper, quite substantially cheaper, than even the Galaxy Z Fold 3. So Huawei, which had previously been the company of the ludicrously expensive two and a half grand foldables, <laughs> absolute premium end of the market, they're now moving into that cheaper space, um, which I think is interesting. That leaves me fascinated to see where they end up pricing the Mate X3 whenever we get that. Will that stay in that very, very high-end price, or will it also move down? But yeah, so now we see Huawei basically con confirming it plans to hold two, two design languages for its foldables, but also confirming it does intend to fight on price. It doesn't want to be just the super premium end of the market. It wants to be their toe-to-toe -to -toe with Xiaomi and Oppo on price, and I think that's really interesting. I'm, I'm surprised that they've gone for this, though, because... It just seemed that everybody in the in the industry just kind of collectively agreed that the book style foldable was better. You know, it's it's it feels more kind of it's, it feels safer. Like I'd rather have that that, yeah. that very you know soft um, display on the inside where it's away from the world when it's in my pocket. Just the idea of having having and you know and this is something like, that we felt when we first saw the um, XS um, a couple of years ago. Like it's. It's cool, but I'm just so scared of it. It's, and you know, it's cheaper, but it's still a very premium phone that I'll be very terrified yeah, so to it, take out with me. It's still around one and a half grand in dollars yeah. converted. You know, it, it's it's not budget. Um, I just want to know whether what they've done if they've changed the hinge. That hinge. I think they have. I the launch is in China and all in Chinese, so difficult to make. I've been mean, going through a lot of sort of Google translated Chinese on, on Huawei's website. <laughs> So, um, you know, there's a lot of awkwardly translated stuff. But from what I can see, I do think it's an upgraded version. They're still calling it the Falcon Hinge like they did before. But mm -hmm. I think it is a tweaked 
version of that but I'm not 100% because there haven't been any English language press materials sent out. So I've just been working through everything and, uh, you know, as best as Google Translate can tell me <laughs> what's going on. Because yeah, that was, um, I think that was probably the weakest area of the original. Because, I mean, as you mm. remember, like the thing cracked and made noise and gave actual yeah. feedback when you opened it. And that was, and, you know, doing that for the first time was absolutely terrifying when at the time it was about a two and a half grand phone that would, was unreleased essentially and i thought i just snapped it in half but no that's just how it's designed yeah it didn't feel super reassuring that i mean i I do wonder whether we you know that was probably a pre-production model or something like that so who knows maybe Maybe. the the full release versions were better but yeah that hinge mechanism needed a little bit of love and uh hopefully they've fine-tuned that a little bit this time around um obviously i've just come off the back of using the oppo find n um and their seal on their hinge was just so excellent. And it just kept the dust and everything away from that internal screen. Um, and that's mm. kind of what I appreciate most compared to kind of the Samsungs and stuff where there is that little gap still that you can kind of, things can fall in in the pocket. And yeah, yeah. like I just like the idea because, you know, we, you know, we all know the hinges are just very delicate. A little bit of dust, a little bit of anything can just completely mess that up. And just the idea of having that all exposed on the outside of the phone. Again, it's just, it always comes back to the same thing. It's all on the outside now. So those things yeah. are just, you know, I, I, I don't know about the dust and water rating for the phone, um, but if there's no dust rating, then that's just chaos. As far as I'm aware, there isn't. But then there isn't for any of the other folds no, yeah. either. You know, even the Z Fold 3 has a water resistance rating, but not dust. Yeah. Um, but at least so. you can close it and keep it away from the dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they have made some other little changes that I think are welcome. I think one that jumped out at me is there's a selfie camera now. Yes. And you we, you may remember that previously Huawei had avoided putting punch hole cameras on its big screens and just tried to kind of make the pitch that you should use the, the main rear cameras. But now they have conceded that there may be an argument for having a camera on the big display so that you can use it for video calls. So there is now a small punch hole selfie camera on that big um, screen, which means you can yeah have it unfolded and still use it for video calls. Whereas actually previously with the Mate XS to use a, to have a video call, you'd not only have to fold it closed, but then use the smaller back screen for your call because that's where the cameras were. Yeah. So you weren't even getting the bigger side of the folded screen. Uh, so I think that's smart of them. That 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 immediately improves part of the use case for me. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of what I wanted the original one to be because the original one was still uber expensive. And I think the one thing that Huawei needed back then was to drop the price and make it a little bit more competitive. So I am really... Yeah, happy to see that they've finally taken that, and maybe it's just a case that the XS will then will now be their budget line, and the, the normal mate yes will be their premium. That, that's line. what I wonder. Yeah, yeah, whether that's that positioning thing where this will sit at this price, and then the the mate X line will sit more expensive. The the other wrinkle to that, obviously, with you know Huawei being Huawei, is part of the reason maybe they've had to go cheaper is a feeling like they this is a four G phone. Yeah, and they must be aware that they can't charge the same prices as other brands forever while not being able to offer 5G. So this is powered by the Snapdragon 888 uh, and a 4G version of that. So it's not the latest uh, chipset either. It's not an HM1 or a mm-hmm. Dimensity 9000. It's it's the year-older chipset and it's 4G. Now, I think 
certainly on the chips at side that doesn't matter we've you know the new gen are not so much faster than the old gen that yeah. it matters for most people but not getting 5g on a phone this price is obviously gonna be a dent the appeal for a lot of people so i do wonder if they'll be bringing all the foldables down to this kind of price because you know there's a point where no one will spend two and a half grand on a 4g phone uh, yeah. you know and, and it's already a coming. niche prospect yeah. but that's you know the, the there's a point where while we need to solve the 5g thing because otherwise it will kill them because there will just be a point where no one will buy 4g phones yeah and especially at flagship prices and they're gonna have to keep driving prices down to justify the fact that they're 4g um and still still win people over because it will just be a deal breaker before before very long maybe they'll return to their roots because you know when they first you know years ago huawei were the the flagship killer you know they were the ones that brought the flagship mm. prices at like kind of half the price of all the other flagships so just go back to doing that you know <laughs> go back to undercutting everybody do a xiaomi but um yeah yeah it is it's hard to see how much longer they can keep this up like um yeah 5g has been around for a couple of years at this point and i don't think there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna buy a phone that's that expensive with you know and knowing that then they're gonna have to upgrade again in a couple of years time because they're not gonna have the fastest speeds and stuff like that and the same thing with the 888 the 888 is fine for now but you know you've got the successor to the the galaxy c3 coming out and then it's a couple of months so while it looks competitive now it will start looking older very quickly i think um there is one final wrinkle to talk about with this one which is slightly old um which is battery size because there's this slight oddity to this phone that it comes in three different versions, three different configurations of RAM and storage. And the two cheaper configurations have a 4600 milliamp hour battery, which is a decent size. It's a little bit bigger than what they've used before. They had 4500 on, on my previous foldables, so they've gone up a little bit. But if you buy the top spec version, so that's 12 gig of RAM and half a terabyte storage, you get a bigger battery too. You get a 4,880 milliamp hour battery, so 280 extra milliamp hours. Um, they're basically touting that they've got this new battery tech that allows them to have the same capacity in, uh, uh, sorry, a larger capacity in the same size. Uh, so, you know, it's not a bigger version of the phone. Yeah, that's you get a bigger my battery. question, yeah. But they've kept that for the top spec version, which is this slightly odd. And again, I've not been able to, I've been fighting through machine translated Chinese today. So <laughs> it may be there is more intricacy to this battery situation and the technology they're touting here yeah. than I've been able to figure out yet. And, and I'll be curious to find out what that is. But, you know, the, the still, I think the bottom line of it is, you know, same size battery, higher capacity. Um, but I'm fascinated by the choice to split that up by different tiers rather than just I guess, I guess it highlights it. If they didn't have different variants, they wouldn't be able to advertise that change as much. Yeah. You know? But maybe do it on the bottom one and give the other two the bigger battery. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's only the top spec one because you've got to buy half a terabyte storage, which I think for most people is just want that. Yeah. Yeah. Just about get justify the 256. But yeah, anything over that, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm drawing a line. I don't need it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mate XS2 launched just today in China. Obviously, this is another one where we don't really know if this is going to get a global release. Um, Huawei's been a bit variable with the way it's handled the different foldables, which ones have come out where. The original XS did get an international release. It did, yeah. But the X2, I don't think did. Um, I don't think this will either, if I'm being honest. And Huawei certainly hasn't announced any plans for one. 
but you never know you know we, we weren't sure we were going to get the p50s and then the p50 pro did get a, a, a release so it may happen even if huawei just kind of does it for the sake of re- reminding everyone it's there and getting to show off the, this tech it has and this yeah. design it has that no one else offers but Once. um yeah <laughs> For now, at least, it is just another foldable on the the stack of the Chinese market that the rest of us aren't allowed to play with. Not fair. <laughs> it is not fair. Uh, and let's turn to our final phone for today, the Poco F4 GT, which is another one that's actually currently uh, has until recently been only out in China. But I think as of today, it launched more broadly. Um, this is an interesting phone. Because I think it's the highest end Poco phone we've seen yet, and certainly the most premium one to get a full global launch. Um, It is a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 phone, so it's got top chipset, it's got 120 hertz AMOLED display, it's got 120 watt charging, so it's got a lot of high end specs going for it, but it is getting a European launch, it's out in some bits of Europe today, and starting from 600 euros, which is... Pretty cheap for an 8 Gen 1. Mm. Um, That may even be the cheapest 8 Gen 1 out there in Europe, though I don't want to say that with any authority because I'm not sure. It's going to be around there, though. Yeah. Won't be able to go much cheaper. Yeah, I can't think. Yeah, I don't think. I think you might be right. Yeah. So, and especially actually because they're classic Poco, they're doing early bird pricing. So if you buy it today in Europe, it's 500 euros for the the cheaper spec because it's early bird for the first week with a 100 euro discount. So 500 euros for a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 phone yeah, that's really is impressive. pretty impressive. <laughs> yes. uh, it will be coming to the UK in May. Um, a- as you would expect, it will, this will not be launching in the US, though. And actually, India also hasn't officially been confirmed. I think India's likely, but they haven't actually announced anything for India yet. But um, yeah, it's another phone where it's, it is a rebrand. So... We've kind of seen this phone already. This is out, came out in China as the Redmi K50 Gaming Edition. And yes. has now been, yeah, rebranded as the Poco F4 GT for the global market. Yeah, I wonder why that looks so, so familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking at this design and also thinking, oh God, knock my mic over. Steady, Sorry, steady. everyone, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> If, you, if you're looking at that design and think it does sound familiar or the specs you sound familiar, that is why. This this phone came out a couple months ago in China as the as a Redmi, but uh, releasing globally as the Poco F4 GT. We think there may be more Poco F4s on the way. Um, we actually had an interview with Poco uh, Poco's head of product marketing the other day, and when we asked about plans for a regular F4, he just told us to stay tuned. So... Stay tuned, yeah. guys. <laughs> yes, that means there's going to be a regular one. Yeah. Uh, there's actually even been rumors of a Pro as well, though where whether a Pro would sit above or below a GT in their hierarchy, I could not possibly there's tell you. There's a debate to be had there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poco's pitch here is basically a gaming phone that isn't just a gaming phone. So... It obviously has kind of gaming phone spec stuff. It's got the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. It's got fairly advanced cooling, kind of dual vapor chamber cooling setup. Um, it's got that 120 hertz display. And most notably, it has shoulder trigger buttons. Oh, nice. Um, it has these magnetic pop-up shoulder oh, triggers. Oh, they're so much better as well. Yeah. So it should be a great gaming phone option. 
but they've tried to consciously make it not a gaming phone. It doesn't look like a gaming phone. It just looks like a phone. It's a it's not a super subtle design. It's got sort of, uh, I mean, for one, the hero colorway is bright yellow, but also it's got these sort of triangular cutouts on the side and things like that. And even the camera module has this kind of uh, little visual I love going the, on. I love the lightning bolt flash. I think that is my, that's my favorite design element <laughs> yes. on a phone for so long. <laughs> just, yeah. I really like the lightning bolt flash it's as so well. Yeah. That's cool. I only just spotted so, that. <laughs> yeah, it's got all these nice little details that I think, again, I guess it's this kind of thing where they're trying to, appeal to the design language of the gamer market but equally look restrained enough that it's not like a red magic or an asus yeah. rog phone that screams gamer phone um and that's basically the pitch they're again from a our interview they're basically saying that from their market research they think a lot of people buy gaming phones but don't use them as their main phone because they also want just a regular phone and they buy it essentially as a little like Android games console thing. This is the pitch here is you can use this as your main phone. It won't be annoying. It's not super bulky. It's got decent cameras, that kind of thing. Um, but it will still game if you want it to. Um, one of the nice things they've done there, and to be fair, I'm sure other gaming friends have done this already, but you can, those shoulder triggers can also be used to set other functions in the phone as shortcuts yeah. so you can use those as buttons to turn on the flash or open the camera app and stuff like that um yeah. so even if you don't game on it you'll actually maybe get use out of the shoulder triggers and find them quite convenient anyone who likes say the shutter button on an xperia phone will probably like the idea of this because you're getting that plus another one do you have to yeah, put I, the I, buttons up first though is it is yes right? um well if it's anything like they are on the black shark 4 pro which i imagine they are because it's they're both owned by the same company. It's also Xiaomi. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> there are two little switches on either side, just to the just to the side yeah. of the buttons. So you just kind of pop them, and then they'll pop out a little bit, and you can click them in from there. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, you can customize them. First, them. But yeah, you have to release them, uh, which is nice because then they're flush most of the time. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, it might be a little bit distracting because I found myself just constantly turning them on and off, and just watching them <laughs> pop in and out. But Fidget thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But that's just me. That's me and my crazy self. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I would do the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> I really but, um, like the look I of like phones frame. with little fidget bits, though. Exactly. That's why I like alert sliders. Exactly. Alert sliders is great, yeah. I love the alert sliders. Yeah. Anything that I, I can play I, with. I really like the the concept behind this of, like, halfway between a regular smartphone and a gaming phone. Like, I don't yep. do a lot of gaming on phones, but the gaming phones have always not appealed to me mm -hmm. in terms of, like, design and... Yeah, like bulkiness and all those kinds of things anyway, regardless of the fact that I don't play, you know, COD Mobile and, and PUBG and stuff. But yeah. this is far more appealing for if I was just maybe going to play that kind of thing occasionally. Like, yeah. A, you know, like you want the top performance it, it, it when, feels... you, when you need it, but you don't want you don't want yeah, your life yeah, to but, revolve around it. But, yeah. It feels a little inspired by what Vivo do with their IQ line. Yes which doesn't, uh, to my knowledge, there's no IQs with shoulder triggers or anything like that. No. But they have that same kind of thing where they pitch, they market themselves a bit to a gaming audience. They have this design language, which is more exciting than most phones, but not obviously gamer design. Um, and they have, you know, uh, put a bit more into the cooling systems and that kind of thing and make sure they have top specs. But still, it just feels kind of like a normal phone and you don't have to really overtly be like i'm a gamer every time yeah. you get your phone out um and then i like it you know i like that about the iqs and i, I like that about this and i think that it's a nice it, it, like you said chris it's a good sweet spot to be in i think it will appeal to a lot of people who just want a powerful phone 
that's not crazy expensive. If what you want is a powerful phone, but you're not that fast on the camera, because nine times out of ten in the other side of the, the kind of the regular market, to get the top processor, you've also got to get you're paying a lot for a really high end camera setup yeah. as well that you may want, you might not, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as it's you know it's a point and shoot, then I think that's enough for most people. It's only really, yeah, the ones that are, you know the, the ones that are after the premium end of the market that really want to do the the fun nighttime photography and everything else that comes with it. For most people, I think you know it was interesting actually. Such a slight segue, but um, MKBHD did a blind camera test last year with all the flagships and everything. Mm. But it was and it went on for weeks and it was you know public voting on Twitter and stuff like that. And of every single flagship um, last year that was tested in, in, in part of this test. The winner was the Asus ROG Phone Five, which I just mm. just blows my mind. <laughs> I know I, I I struggled to believe that one, but yeah, um, it's wild. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, you know, it might not, you know, gaming phones might not have the best cameras overall, but there's still potential there. It takes and, and that gets to what most people care about. I suspect is that main camera being good because if you ran that yes. same comparison for zoom lenses oh yeah the Asus would not win yeah. you know or for ultra wides it wouldn't you know but for main lens it can hold its own and it's a similar thing here in a way that the the poco has a 64 megapixel main camera uh with an imx 686 it's not going to be incredible but i think that's going to be a pretty decent main camera yeah but then it drops off sharply with just an eight meg ultra wide and a macro and you don't care about them is it a two meg and macro? that's the thing it's <laughs> it is a two meg, two meg f 2.4 it is the only way any macro lens can be <laughs> um but yeah i think most people like nine certainly me when i'm using my phone camera except when i'm testing a phone yeah nine times out of ten i'm using the main lens oh yeah so really if i'm deciding where i want to spend my money on the camera side I want most of it to just go into having a really good main lens. Mm -hmm. And if the secondary lenses are great, that's good. I love having the option, but they're not really going to, you know, I get diminishing returns yeah. from those secondary lenses. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so I just think for the average person, what matters is having that, that main lens deliver. Um, that's why I've always liked pixel phones. Cause it's like, I really don't need that other stuff most of the time. And I just yeah. want it to do a good job of most of the photos I take. And that's what totally. Pixel phones have always done, even when you're buying, you know, the, the 3A, the 4A. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love having that stuff and say I love on, on like the Vivos we were talking about earlier, where the ultra wides and the zooms there are going to really deliver in that X80 Pro. I suspect like it's periscope and it's ultra wide are probably going to be really fantastic. And when I'm reviewing one of these phones, I love having access to that stuff. But if I was buying my phone and you gave me that choice where you can have phone X for like 600, where yeah. the main camera is great. And it's like, oh, but if you spend two hundred more, you'll also get a really good zoom. I'd probably say, you know what? I don't. They I don't think a zoom is worth two hundred to me. Yeah. I, I don't need. You know, I won't bother. Um, yeah, it's me with the I, periscope I lens. Where so many people fall. I just don't care yeah. about periscope lenses at all. I think they're so overrated on every <laughs> phone. But there we go. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing to talk about with the Poco is the software side. Um, just because, again, this comes out from the, the chat we had um with their their product marketing guy so it ships with android 12 and miui 13 which is not super crazy um poco hasn't made any promise about how many updates they're going to give it but we were told that they are trying to strive for a three plus four um meaning three android version updates and four years of security patches um and they're not yet ready to promise that <laughs> 
but they are trying to figure it out. And it's an interesting one because Xiaomi is actually one of the companies that is often quite cautious about making these update promises, yeah. um, especially on its cheaper phones. It really avoids doing it. And to be honest, Xiaomi has lagged behind, um, oh, obviously, yeah. especially Samsung, but even you know some of the other Chinese OEMs. Um, it's reassuring to see that that pressure, I guess, mostly from Samsung is encouraging change there the you know that a brand like poco is seriously looking and saying right okay we've got to start being we'll able do to guarantee well. three years of updates yeah. you know yeah because it's it's starting to be expected and yeah it's a shame they're not quite ready yet to say it will definitely happen for this one this is the thing yeah heading there because you can't then be like oh, i bought this phone because they told me that we were going to get three years of yeah. os updates and four years and it's like well they haven't they're kind of just alluding to it it's, yeah, it's like no, it's just words so yeah. it's meaningless it's not a guarantee yeah, it's but... like um phone manufacturers and they say the phone's not rated to be waterproof <laughs> but you can still yeah. use it in the rain and stuff you know you're not instilling as much confidence as i'd like i can't lie <laughs> exactly <laughs> it will void your warranty <laughs> yeah <laughs> do what you want but we're not fixing it <laughs> um but yeah no i think it's a nice i think it's a tempting phone i really hope that it does get kind of a wider international launch um mm. i just i'd love this i like also i'm not sure if this is because i'm looking at the promotional material on the website but it looks like you get a side not a side mount of usb but like kind of the usb comes out and then just goes left so it's 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 made for handheld gaming yes that yeah the charging cable is one of those ones that um sits it looks like the macbook yes. chargers yeah the MacBook ones that, that sit flush rather than sticking out um yeah, again, that's just in their promo image for the charging speed. I don't want to guarantee that is going to be the cable that ships with the phone, but I hope it is yeah, because a good I agree. Idea. I like the look of that. So that the cable hangs down rather than sticking out. Into your um, palm. Yeah, we do have a, a review unit, though it's not with any of us right now. We have uh, um, uh, our new phones editor, who you will meet on the show in a couple of weeks' time. He He has the phone right now. Uh, but he's currently not working, so you know that's he's just that swanning around somewhere. <laughs> um, <hard> but <laughs> you know, he he has the phone, so maybe in a couple of weeks when he he joins the show, we will talk about his actual impressions of it. Though I suspect um, by then we won't have time because <laughs> the first much. week he will be joining us will be the week that Google holds I/O, Sony launches the Xperia One. Uh, I think there are several other phone launches happening that week. It will be just after the global launch of the Vivo X80 series. <laughs> we could have... <laughs> and the, probably there's some more up and We could have the sort of Pixel Watch first, you know, official... Oh, my you know, God. We could have the Pixel Watch. I we think... might know more about what Wear OS 3 is. We'll have full details on Android 13. I think I'm going to be ill that week. I can feel something coming <laughs> on. <laughs> the, the Pixel Watch is looking more and more likely based on the amount of leaks that are happening over the last, like, week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we didn't talk about it in the news bit, but uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't been paying attention, the, the Pixel Watch just got left in a restaurant, and so someone found it, and now there's a lot of photos of the Pixel Watch out there, and we know an awful lot about Pixel Watch hardware now. And they look so, a lot like the renders, well which is good. You know, good job to John Prosser, I think it was, who originally leaked it, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I can't remember if it was Prosser or not, yeah. but yes, it looks just like the renders. It looks a lot fatter, but... Um... Hopefully it's not too bad. The camera adds five yes, pounds. But Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Does all but confirm we're going to see, on some levels, see Pixel Watch yeah, at I.O. I still exciting. think it'll be a tease yeah. rather than oh, a yeah. full reveal. It, it, but. it seems like it's going to be like, here it is, but you'll have to wait until October you know, with the Pixel yeah. 7 before we're yeah. going to launch it properly. 
Yes, uh, but we are expecting the 6A. Um, Google's CEO in an earnings call the other day uh, celebrated the excellent sales of the Pixel 6 series and then immediately segued into saying that they can't wait to show everyone their hardware reveals at Google I.O. So that's about as close as you're going get, to get <laughs> to any an official tease of the 6A. Uh, jumping straight from Pixel 6 success to new hardware coming soon tells you a lot, I think. Oh, yeah. So that will do us for now, I think. Um, I have to say, I'm tempting fate here as we go into the final minutes, but my internet has been up and down all day, <laughs> and I was just waiting for it to collapse during the podcast. It's done well. And we have made it to the closing monologue without issue. Um, but if it goes down in the next 30 seconds, then I apologise. I brought it on myself. Uh, thank you to everyone for watching and listening this week. Thank you to Lewis and Chris for joining me. We'll, we, we will be back, same time, same place, next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about next week, but I just know there's going to be loads of it. So <laughs> we're sure to have a busy episode. And then the week after that, as we've said, absolutely everything is going to be happening and it's going to be chaotic. Oh. So please do stick around for that. Uh, and if you're with us on YouTube, as always, like and subscribe. It really does help the channel and the show. So until then, thanks very much and goodbye. Thanks. See you later.